Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Thank you so much for coming down. Really appreciate it. Insane in the Membrane podcast. Insane in the Membrane is back for another live podcast recording on Sunday, the twenty-third of February. I found that through humour. People open up and we have a laugh, and I really appreciate you coming down and doing this. This is an intimate live show with comedian Rich Wilson and very special surprise guest in front of a small audience at the Pleasance Islington. In fact, you are so close to the comedians, you could probably lick them. Uh, we can have a laugh while we do it. I think that's what I'm trying to show with the podcast. Insane in the Membrane Live at the Pleasance, Sunday, Feb 23rd at 7.30pm. Just £5. Nearest tube, Caledonian Road, Piccadilly Line, dead easy, no excuses. You did great, Rich. Thanks, Bob. You did Great. Thank you. Click the link in the show description for this episode on your podcast app or go to pleasance.co.uk. What do we do now? I don't know. I think that's it. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Insane in the Membrane. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Greetings. Brainers, I don't know. I'm trying to find a nickname for you. I keep I keep listening to other podcasts, and they've always got names and nicknames for for the listenership. But um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll find a way. Welcome everybody. Welcome to the show once again. Hope you're all well. Are you having a good time? Um, this week I was joined by the wonderful Johnny Wu, um, who's one of the leading drag what's it, drag queen. Would he? I don't think he would describe himself as that. He explains that in the episode actually. But he's a wonderful man. Yeah, he's the he's the one of the landlords of the Glory in Haggerston, and many of you have probably been to that. If you haven't, I urge you to do so. Also, he's the narrator of the uh, of the film Dressed as a Girl, which I urge you to go and have a watch. I've watched it. I think it's fantastic, and I think you'll enjoy it too. A real in- insight into the into the into the world of the drag queen. So do that. That'd be fantastic. Here's Johnny Wu. So you you grew up in Chatham, Johnny Wu. I actually grew up in who. Did you? In between and Gravesend Hall- and Strood? And All Hallows, yeah. Oh, I know. The, I only know All Hallows because of the caravan park. There's a caravan park, can you believe it? There's one in Who as well. Is there? They both have one, yeah. Do they? I think it's a bit I think it's a bit of a thing for that part of part of Kent. Right. And I, I grew up and you don't didn't really think anything of it. Not that there's anything to think of it. <laughs> no. But it was just kind of like I didn't really think of having a caravan park. I guess it was the same as having like a trailer park or something. Yeah. America could be the same kind of thing. <laughs> My gran and granddad moved to um that caravan park. Did they? Yeah, back in like the fifties or something. Really? It was yeah, post post war, yeah. Yeah, right. They are to All Hallows Caravan Park. You so can see All Hallows from where we live. Yeah, they moved there from Poplar, I think. Right. To go, my my granddad went to go and work in the refinery. Oh, nice! 
There you go. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> and so all my family, they worked in the power stations. My dad worked in the power station. My mum worked in the power station, Kings North Power Station. Really? She's not there anymore. No. Apparently it's just a massive Amazon warehouse. Right. Which my dad said is bigger than the power station. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, but it was quite nice because it was all kind of like orchards and mm. cornfields. That's Power nice. stations. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the juxtaposition, isn't it? You don't think the... anything of it. When you're growing up with it, you don't think anything of it. No, it's just the apples are as big as your head because yeah. of the power station. And mud flats and... Yeah, yeah. Ponds with ice on that you fell through and oh, things yeah. like that. It was and fun. It was nice, actually. There was also, there was like an old... I remember walking a dog near who, in between the naval, the naval college... And they had like the firing range with tanks and things like that. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, there's a firing range that, right on the river there. Are and you then, sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was this old like ruins. It looked like an old, not a castle, but it looked like a fortress or something. There is there. castles. There's yeah. Upna. Upna, 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 yeah, that's it. Upna's got an actual castle. I used to live in Upna. Did you? Yeah. And further down along the way between Upna and Who, you've got the you've got the red brick remains of that's right. some kind of castles things that's it yeah and you've got yeah, old yeah. boats and you can be kind of you kind of i don't know how, how long they've been there <laughs> like the ruins in the mud yeah they're kind of like i don't know i don't know and what else was there and there's forts in the river river medway that's right old yeah. war fort no the thames but by you it is the thames yeah there's yeah, some yeah. Big forts in the middle of that that's it and yeah. dickens row great expectations is set around there isn't it there you go yeah it's very historic so it's nice isn't it? I because I thought you grew up in Chatham no Chatham, like... I say Chatham because that people might know where that is right so I would obviously go there regularly on a is Saturday that, that your... hang out outside uh... McDonald's <laughs> go around the Pentagon Centre oh bloody hell wander around Smith's oh, wander around Smith's or John Menzies I worked in Woolworths did you I was a Saturday supervisor oh my god I had a bunch of keys <laughs> And <laughs> nylon, a full nylon uniform. Oh my god, you yeah, must nylon have been trousers, dangerous. Nylon trousers, nylon shirt, nylon tie. <laughs> on that kind of like, on that kind of like, it was before laminate floor and it was like plastic fake wood floor, wasn't it? Shit. You used to walk around kind of touching the metal. Like, <laughs> Your hair was all big, like you've been touching loads of balloons. Yeah. <laughs> but because, so how did, how did you, did you feel? Because I know I grew up in Orpington and I always felt there was more to life. I always felt. I was never going to stay in Orpington in this small town. I was always have my sights on London. And I didn't even, I didn't even no, did constantly you think that. No? No, but I definitely wasn't one of no, those. No, really? I was just there. See, I that surprises just, me. I, I thought just, you would have been... Yeah, I wasn't yeah. everything. I don't think I was thinking, got to get out of here. Really? I, I think I would just assume that I would leave. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah. I was never... Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't spend my time going around... Finding it. Thinking other. You know, I'm other than this or I don't fit in or... I was right. just there. I kind of... Totally fitted in. I was like, whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, I just kind of knew that. I, I kind of knew. I think I knew that I was going to go to university. It was kind of assumed that I was going to go to university. Right. Okay. So that was always kind of um, part of the plan. So um, I knew that I was going to leave. I didn't even kind of necessarily think um, when I leave I won't come back. I just kind of yeah. I was just kind of. Oh. I think I was just very. I think I was just quite in the moment actually when I was younger right. I think I'm a bit of an in the moment kind of person anyway, well, I have been anyway um, and I think yeah so I just knew I was going to go and right. I, used to, I started going to London and you know I'd go to London we started going to clubs in London and just even kind of started going clubbing in on gay clubs in Medway or something Right. and then just then eventually just left 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. I suppose because oh, I was different. It was university was never spoken about with me. It was right. always you're going to get a job and then you're going to get married yeah, and yeah, you're going to yeah. have kids. And so so yeah. So maybe that because like my sister still lives there. My mum and dad. Right. My mum. I don't know how many generation my mum goes back. My dad obviously goes back just one to when his grandparents moved down there, but they're not moving out, and my nephew's not moving out. No. So maybe if I kind of like had that kind of yeah exactly kind of like way of thinking, but my they, like my family don't really have desires to move out they don't no. really like London they, they like London yeah but they don't think oh my god I want to live in London I've got to get no. out of Medway even though they moan about it all the time <laughs> I cool. suppose it's nice to visit London but where they live is they feel safer maybe safe <laughs> safe you know what I mean you know yeah, nice and safe, safe. <laughs> it's not what they say about Chatham nowadays do you know oh. what was it I only vaguely know the gay scene down there. Having worked in, I worked in Bodiceas at the bottom of Star Hill in Rochester. There's a right. sauna. I don't know if you. And there was a sauna. Oh, okay. yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. a gay sauna, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when was that? That, that definitely wasn't when I was. Two thousand and that was two thousand and two, three. Yeah, I there was there. no gay sauna nights. It was just the ship in. Oh yeah, the ship out on the out towards the yeah I know on the on the is it the lower road going into Chatham? That's it. Yeah, I and know. And it was just a tiny little bit of the bar. Yes. Well, they and then there was the magic disco, disco, the Marriott Medway area gay independent community disco. Oh, really? That's <laughs> magic. Sounds like a youth club. I can't remember where it was. I can't remember there were a couple of times or something. But we used to go down the, yeah, just go down to the ship. We used to go there, and then I think by the time I was seven, sixteen, we started coming up to, we started coming to London. I started right. going to heaven. Yeah. Okay. And then I was temping in the British Council. Yeah. Down at Trafalgar Square, and then I started kind of going to Brief Encounter and Comptons. Right. Okay. Yeah. And just kind of yeah. Right. I remember. I kind of because I had friend. I had gay friends, so I kind of I sort of skirted around the edges. But what is funny when I worked at Bodicea, I had to pretend that I was gay in order to keep the job. My mates said, "Don't tell them that you're straight." And then they started to suss because they'd never seen me anywhere. Right. And they went, no, no, no one knows who you are. But mate. you really wanted to keep the job. I needed the money. Oh, okay. And so was I that had the to- only job. Yeah, at the time. At the time, yeah. yeah I was yeah. doing. I was doing. Nothing else was available. Well, I was doing the sauna, Gay and I was. But I was working up the creek as well behind the bar. So I had these two. Uh, so it worked right. out. It Where worked was up out. the creek? Up the creek was in Greenwich. Oh, that was in. Oh, yeah, so yeah. coming up there, right. So it worked out. It was like, oh, good. I can do that, and I can do the bar job. Oh, but they started okay. to suss. Like I say, they didn't. They hadn't seen me anywhere on the scene, and I never used to join in. All the other staff oh, members. Oh, they all have to join in? Well, they all used to join in and get bollocked for it because they'd leave the door unattended so uh, no, people couldn't get in. Okay. Whereas I was always stoic to Does the it still door. Exist? Does it still no, there? I think it's gone. It was on a. It was on my ex-wife. We were sat. We were sat watching television. She loved property shows, and this it came up, and she said, "Is that that's where you used to work, isn't it?" And it came up as a health spa. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like, it wasn't a health spa. <laughs> How long was it open for? Can't have been long, a couple of years maybe. Oh, God, I should have yeah. missed that. It was, it was unusual. But so that was in 2000 by, uh, and something? Yeah, early 2000s. Mm. Yeah. So I was already going to the sort of chariots in London. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I used to... My, my ex-boss was to deliver uh, furniture and I, when I split up with the mother of my kids, I moved in with their, into their spare room for a bit. And I remember coming in, I'd come in late and then they would, they'd come in even later. And I'm like, where have you been? They're like, oh, we went to get the papers and they'd gone to 
chariots. Oh, to, to get, get the gay papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't know about. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah. So, I kind of, I was aware. You were aware that there was a bigger... There was a bigger thing. A bigger, darker... Yeah. I think I was just... Wilder time going I was on. fascinated by it. Okay. Even though I'm straight, it, it was a world that I... Well, it's I a mad thing. More. It's a mad yeah. thing that straight men don't really... They, you don't have. No, not you at don't, all. You don't have this consensual space where... Um, you can get off with loads of people. No, not at all. And it's kind of like it's a it's a thing because yeah, the, yeah. I think the dynamic between men and women is so different. Yes. You know, you do, doesn't exist, and there's probably a reason why that doesn't exist. Mm. I think there has to be. Yeah. Whereas certain... men, all men with a similar sex drive and body. Yeah. And can kind of have a sex club. They could just and to function. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because men are animals. <laughs> Men are completely animals. They just, they're, just, they're just piling to each other, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the drag thing, were you always into the drag thing? No. No. Because <laughs> you're one of the best, Johnny Woo. Let's say oh. that. I've never seen, do you know what? I have never seen a set of pins like I have seen yours. I've got good pins. Good pins, mate. I have got good Wonderful pins. pins. Yeah, I've got good pins. No, I wasn't. I, I kind of got into it by mistake when I went to New York. Okay. Yeah, I'd never had no desire to do it whatsoever. Until I went to New York in 2000 when I was 27. Right. And I did, I was doing, I'd done dance, I'd done drama, and then I was working in shops. And then I think I toyed with dressing up a little bit, but mm. I wasn't kind of interested in the drag scene in London really? or the drag queens that I'd seen in London. It's very old school and a bit fanny of vaudeville. Jokes and that kind of shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, not even, I don't think even vaudeville. I think the ones I saw weren't, weren't even that good. <laughs> it was a bit like. I don't know, just a bit like whatever, really. And um, so New York, um, going there, I was introduced to a whole new a, a, a way of looking at mm. this idea of what drag is. And even then, I didn't, I don't know, sometimes didn't even really think of it as doing drag. It wasn't even that. It was just uh, yeah, right. dressing up and, you know, Lavinia would talk about drag and then my friend Brandon, we, just, we wouldn't even discuss it necessarily as drag or something. It was just kind of dressing up and, yeah. you know, starting, sticking on a, you know, starting off. I think the third, we'd have heels and like slips, but no makeup. And then I'd be doing, you know, pride in a, like a thong and heels and a tie and like a smear of <laughs> lipstick or something. And then we'd be kind of just running. Yeah, you'd kind of, a bit of a heel, a bit of a jockstrap maybe, a bit of a kind of a thing, maybe a bit of makeup or something. And it was kind of variations on that really yeah and it just became part of performing and sometimes it was in flats and sometimes it wasn't and yeah and that's that's how it that's how it started so kind of when i started yeah i definitely and that's that's why we started calling ourselves um trannies as well and we won't keep saying that word because it's right. not popular not, no but the reason why we uh, we chose when i come back to london why that was our chosen word was because we didn't really identify as drag queens oh, okay yeah, we didn't. That's not where we thought we sat. No. We kind of thought we sat somewhere in between, sort of drag and transvestism, and kind of like not so much transgender, but some of our some of our crew did actually, you know, transition. So yeah, that's that's that was the weird place where we yeah. existed. You know, so I think yeah, it's so, that. So, I think it's that. Like you say, like you've just said, people when people start talking about uh, transvestism and transsexuals and and things like that, people just think there's are like, these groups is they've like you're in that group you're in that group but it's actually more blurred than that it's more fluid isn't it yeah, there's more so i don't yeah. i don't like when people ask me what i do i kind of feel like i have to say i do drag but i don't mm. ever think that no but you've achieved so much with it i mean you went to the royal opera 
Was it the Royal Opera House? Where were you? I did just went the Royal Opera House. That yeah. was years ago. That was in two thousand and nine. Was that? That was in the. That was in their in their kind of like the fo- not the foyer, but you know the big glass bit at the top. Yeah. That was with I didn't I can't remember how that came about. Simone Baird at Time Out or something was okay. doing something. They did. I can't even. I can't even remember. It's all a, all a blur. Um, and even when I was asked to do it, I kind of even wasn't quite sure what was going on. But we kind of did some kind of ball or something there, and but yeah. I, they did cabaret stuff. Bourgeois Marie, so part oh, of it. Yeah, Scotty yeah. was part of it. Um, Dusty Limits was all part of it. So I kind of pulled on all the people from the cabaret thing. I did some original stuff for it. We had a big kind of like catwalky runway thing. Yeah. So yeah, there were some really good things. I like opened for um, Peaches at the Royal Festival. Oh really? Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In That's huge. Two thousand and ten or something. Yeah, so I did that for her. Charlie XEX was on the bill as well. Wow, man. I think Charlie XEX came after me, actually. Yeah? And yeah, who yeah. else? Um, yeah, so that was that was kind of a bit of a highlight. There were a mm. few back then. And obviously Lovebox. When oh, we were wow. Doing that. We did Lovebox for like five years. Did you? When was that? I probably was probably there at the same time. That was when like, well, that's when James Bailey was programming Sundays. Okay. And they did like Gay Sundays at Lovebox. That's, so the first yeah. time, obviously, Peaches performed at that. Um, Grace Jones headlined that. I think Hot Chip were on the bill for that as wow, well. Wow, man. And I did like a morning slot. When I first got, actually, when I first went on stage, there was actually no one in the park. Um, <laughs> I've done gigs like that. Yeah. Hello! Yeah. And there's one burnt Hello. person with an umbrella. Like, Come on! <laughs> But um, yeah, but it was t- good, and we yeah we did that every yeah did that every year. I was always James always came to me to host whatever the main stage of it was. Yeah. So yeah, so they were, the, and then obviously Glastonbury came of that as well. Um, so they were kind of like some of the highlights early on, and then um, later, like subsequently, obviously I've done the Unroyal at the Hackney Empire. Um, and obviously we did the ENO, we did the Brexit. Yeah, the ENO, that's it. Obviously. Yeah, and yeah, 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 I've done loads. It, yeah, it has enabled me to do loads. And I think also at the time, um, because it wasn't. I don't think. I don't think people saw it as let's get some drag to do. Let's, let's no. do the drag. It was drag, drag was in a very different space. There, you either had the old school kind of like drag south londony kind of like even soho kind of okay. stuff and then you had this kind of sort of hybrid thing that was going on in yeah. east london that was like a mishmash and a bit clubby and a bit fashiony and a bit yeah, kind of like yeah. odd and you know people thought it was a bit cool or something and part of the club scene and all that kind of stuff right yeah well you did so, that yeah. show as well you did that when i that i when i first became was first around and we came and saw your spoken word show and you were talking about the, the how the east london Oh, you came to you came to oh I know you came to the lecture. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you played the different characters, like you were Princess Julia and and people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Princess, yeah. It wasn't Princess Julia, but oh, was I, it not? I no, thought no, it no. was. It sounded no, like. No, no, no. Should I tell you what? No, because the, I think the person I was playing was someone called Fee. Right. I had their. Oh, with Fee I didn't, but I had their kind of like voices in my ears for some okay. of them, and I was kind of like just uh, kind of doing the voices. Yeah, and well, there was that guy Jim who I kind of had. Um, come across who was kind of a resident of East London for ages. But it was about, it was about 95. It was about people who were around the Bricklayer's Arms in 95. Right, First yes. moved to London. So it was a handful of those people. Mm. And it was kind of their kind of stories as to, um, as to kind of, as to that, what that scene was, which I still think was an extraordinary scene. We're in 2019 now. So that's 24 years, 25 years, we're in 2020. Yeah. So it's 20 years ago. Um, yeah, and I think I, I thought I kind of was compelled at the time, and I do think now that was a you know a, a pivotal moment in the development of East, where East London is today. And obviously, it's kind of a, and I you know in the show you kind of 
you know, you realise that it's a, it's an ongoing thing and different people kind of contribute. Yes. But, um, yeah, I was kind of interested in how, you know, throwing parties and club scenes and that kind of counterculture mm. can actually... or plays a part in the development of where an area gets today and where a city gets to today. Because you only have to look at what's going on in East London. And the kind of sort of my um, weird conclusion at the end of it was that it was all part of a bigger plan by property developers to develop East London. <laughs> Let's get the party people in. I, and do, then, I, do, yeah. I do. I think it all started way back in the late 80s because then they all then the the rents went up. They, they put the rents up because I had friends who had their rent doubled and they had to go and move and do something else. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there's something in that. I think you're right. Yeah. But there's always, I've always been fascinated with club land throughout the ages through I mean, I'm a, I was only I was a, I was a kid in the seventies, so I haven't really I haven't been in Clubland, but things like like the New Romantics and uh, Studio Fifty Four, is it Studio Fifty Four in New York? In America, yeah. And the, I'm fascinated by the what comes from that. The people yeah. like Andy Warhol and 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 you got like Spandau Ballet and those people and yeah, and these things these, and these know. things don't last very long either. No. You're going to think, think they have. I don't think Studio 54 was around for very long. No, really? Max's Kansas City wasn't around for very long. It just exploded. Yeah, because I'm doing a, um, the Lou Reed show. And I think that in the 60, end of the 60s, I think that was only... I don't know exactly, but it wasn't. It was only a few years that, mm. that, was, a, that was a moment. Yeah. And then I, th- then I think... I think come, come, I can't remember the exact dates. Early 70s, I think it closed down. I don't think Studio 54 was around for very long. Um... Yeah. Taboo, I think that was a pretty short-lived kind of right. club as well. That was kind of fleeting. I think a lot of these things are. Yeah. Others kind of last. Trade was around for a long time, I guess. But that moment, even that was maybe five years. Really? Um, but I kind of went on for went on for longer. But those kind of moments. But then again, the club scene and, you know, culture change, changes mm. so quickly. Yeah. You know, suddenly something else. Well, it's so fashion, think, isn't it? So, well, yeah. East London is interesting because as a, as a place where people are drawn to, and that, that's kind of, it's interesting that's actually been going on for 20 odd years. Yeah, right. But then I think if you think about the grander scheme of what London's like, if you think about Notting Hill and go back to, you know, that didn't used to be a cool place and became a cool place. True. And, and probably for 20 years that had 20, 30 years of development yeah, and gentrification. Artists, maybe, yeah. And now East London's going through it. And it's still going on. People are desperately trying to shift it to South London or Tottenham or South London. Like yeah, South London and Walthamstow seem to be. But you can't recreate. Yeah. You can't really recreate something though. Like an underground scene will find its own. Yes, will find its own little bit. They will. Yeah, you don't yeah. know where it's going to be, <laughs> and it'll just happen. And we're not going to be part of it. No, of course not. It'd just... be embarrassing if we were. <laughs> you imagine? It'd be embarrassed. I remember kind of. I remember. Kind of, I was selling t-shirts at, around Brick Lane uh, around the early two thousands, mid mid two thousands. And that's when Pete Dockett and people like that were around. So yeah. that, and it was that, the Libertines. So gigs were happening in people's flats and stuff like that. So I was around for that. I didn't ever didn't go, but I was. even I felt too old for it then. How old are you? Know? I'm 47 now. Well, so I would age? have been 37, yeah. What, in the mid, mid, mid-noughties? Mid How old would you be? 30, you'd have been the same age as me, 33? 30, 33, 34, yeah. 33, 34, fine. But just, in your prime, that's, a good, that's when you're... <laughs> I missed out. Oh, no, actually, no, that's not when you're passing your peak. That's when you're. Um, that's when you're ready to take a fall. <laughs> in your mid thirties. Mid thirties. Really? Yeah. Is that was the, I've heard about that's when Johnny's. I've heard about Johnny's big sleep. Johnny's big sleep. It Do was you, a big yeah. sleep. It was a two and a half week sleep. I heard. I heard Johnny's. Thirty three. I was like Jesus. 
You just then, it's when he died, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and then you came back. I did come back. <laughs> but what happened? Because I, I wanted to talk to you about that. I, I'm glad you've brought it up because I didn't know how to. You could have just asked me. You could have just yeah, but me. I didn't tell, know, us, about, I didn't tell know. us about that famous what did you do? <laughs> written shows about, done writing on, yes. spoken about in the magazines, went to Edinburgh and done <laughs> shows about That thing it. you don't like talking about. Yeah, how do we yeah. get to that subject? I'm talking about it again at the moment. I, just, I went for a follow-up appointment. Really? Because I'm writing, writing my the memoirs, yeah. or trying to. I keep, I keep stopping and starting, and thinking about doing a new show. And of course, that you know that that, that thing just keeps coming up. And thinking maybe I should kind of like investigate it a bit further. Thank so you. I actually went and had a follow up appointment. My, I'm still in contact with one of the nurses. Really? And um, yeah, so I went to the I went back to the intensive care unit. Did you? Yeah, it was really weird. So what happened? Now, I've heard it secondhand through Jade, bits and bobs. Oh, I'd love to know what Jade's version But she's, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know that kind so of like piece together kind of thing. Yeah, all and I know. Shani was like out, was out for five years and then just died. <laughs> just died on a podium. That's me doing Jade. <laughs> me dying in a podium. <laughs> she's like, it's like she's in the room, Johnny. Yeah, isn't it? She told me, she just said that... You, 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 but you, your star was rising and you were, and you were celebrating that you were celebrating something. Wow. That's what she said. Kind of. Yeah. And then you just went and through these celebrations, you killed yourself. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, Yeah. Tell tell the listeners. My star was rising. I was kind of in talks about having a TV show. Yes. With, um, with Gay Bingo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You did that. Yes. they They had optioned it. There was a TV contract laid out. You know, nowadays Shit. we did completely different. I didn't know I had not did not to do with it. I didn't know that you could take legal advice. I didn't know that you could ask oh. people to help you out. They just... I was, um, yeah, I was not um, prepared for it. No, I was doing a lot of drugs. I was still partying. I didn't really kind of think that. I don't think what I was doing had currency particularly, or we couldn't see how it had yeah. a particular currency. I couldn't work Even out. though they'd given you contracts and we want to sign you, we want to do yeah, this. Yeah, I still don't think I kind of understood what it was. I didn't no. really kind of, I kind of, I kind of liked the fantasy or something. So, um, yeah, but I was still, and I didn't want to give up ecstasy and I didn't want to give up right. clubs and I didn't want to give up that. And they came to one, um, the production team came to one gay bingo and I was in a particularly bad mood for right. some reason. Um, and I was just on, I just did loads of ketamine. Right. And they literally walked out. Holy shit. But they came back, but I actually got a second chance. Oh, wow. A second okay. chance, yeah, they gave it's me a second lucky. chance. Yeah, they gave me a second chance. And, um, and so I kind of like, didn't do any drugs for that week. Right. I drank like a fish. And then I did the bingo. And I did a great bingo, and they're like, yeah, this is great, it's brilliant. Everything was all back on. And then the next night, I um, did some ecstasy, and someone gave me something a little bit stronger, and that was it. The next thing I know, I was in... Fuck. With adrenaline in the arm, and... Really? So you actually died, more or less? Yeah, but I don't... When I went to the follow-up, I don't think they actually said, yes, you died. I think someone else has said, yes, I died. I think I more or less almost did die. But yeah, what, so what? I was out. I was out. I was more. I was out. Yeah, for two weeks. No, but then I got taken into hospital, and then I kind of um, when I was in hospital, um, that's when the organs started cl- shutting down. Oh shit! So I was in the hospital for about two days. Right. And then I was taken up into intensive care, 
and that's when they put me into um, um, a drug-induced coma. Fucking hell. To kind of be able to kind of like do everything they needed to yeah, do, yeah, like yeah. stick the tubes in and all, and all that kind of stuff. Oh my God. And then I woke up two and a half weeks later in a bed with no tubes or anything on, so I thought I'd been kidnapped. <laughs> I totally thought I'd really? I was beating up the nurses, hallucinating. Holy shit. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Why was that? Just because of morphine, all the morphine, all the morphine stuff? Yeah, yeah, I didn't like it. People say, oh, it's really nice. I can bear morphine. It's horrible. Stuff. People, yeah. Jade's mum was on morphine when she broke her ankle and she took herself off of it because she said yeah, she I couldn't like handle it. it. The trips are so weird. They're yeah. So weird. They're, so really, they're really real. Are they? They're really real. It's like being in a, it's like being in a other reality. It's like, it's like you're actually in that reality. Ugh. Yeah. It's not kind of like, it's, it's, not not that, it's not that the reality is particularly horrible. No. But it's just like, it's just being in that reality and then coming, waking up in a hospital bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I, thought, I was like, I'd rather just, Deal with being in a hospital bed. Yeah, it sounds awful. It sounds like yeah, acid. Yeah, yeah. So, so did you ever um, find out what you took that put, that caused all that? Heroin. Was it really? Yeah. What? And that was amongst other things. What you know? You took it like a pill. No, I snorted a little bit. Ah, shit, man. But yeah. you didn't know. You just took it. Yeah, I did know. You did know. Yeah. Fucking hell, Johnny. Heroin. Only a little bit. Man, do you know what? I, I don't know how I'd feel. Because I, 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 I always said I'd probably try it. Which <laughs> is ridiculous. Oh, till I tell her, I was just being a bastard. I was just like, yeah. give me, give me, give me, give me. Give right. Me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you think you were self sabotaging a bit? Oh, absolutely. Oh my yeah. God, I'm the biggest self sabotager there is. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Because that fear of success is for fear of success. Yeah. I think I'm quite, I think I'm afraid of success. I don't think I'd not. I don't think I'm not to do with it. I know what you mean. Yeah, there's a little bit of me which kind of yeah. I'm kind of really going through a phase at the moment where I'm not. Yeah, I'm kind of really um, questioning what I want to do. I'm really mm. unsure of what I want to do. I mean, I'm really I don't know. No. Yeah, I'm kind of a bit like I don't know what I want. <laughs> do I want telly and all that? I've tried so many different angles to try and do that, and I'm kind of sometimes torn about. Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I do want to do that. I don't know. No. I think, what do you have to do to do that? Yeah, and what would you do? Because it what just seems... What would you do? Do I want to... Yeah. You know, sometimes I do think... Sometimes weirdly, I kind of think, is that an easy way of not actually doing the work that I really want to do? Which is maybe more artistic response to kind of mm. things rather than a kind of like a hi kind yeah. of response to things. See, I'm always... I'm, I, I have these, these, self -com these, these conversations as well. 
and with myself and it's always am I am I just saying oh I want to be more of an artist or am I saying that because I I'm the same I'm scared of the any success that would come my way I wouldn't be able to handle it I'd be overwhelmed so maybe I'm I'm avoiding that by saying but I'm making excuses I'm going oh yeah I want to be I don't want to be that. I want to be this. I want to be cool and an artist. And I don't think it's about wanting you know, to be but, cool at all. Yeah. I don't think it's about wanting to be cool. No. Because I don't think cool exists anymore. Now I'm kind of voice seven. I think cool doesn't exist. <laughs> cool doesn't exist nowadays. Do you not think so? No. I'm, I'm very cool. I think everything's mainstream. Do you I think, think, uh, yeah. I, think every, I think everything's gone. Everything's gone mainstream. I don't think cool. Cool doesn't exist anymore. I don't think cool ever really existed. I think it's a. I think you get old and you just bit like buy three pairs of trainers and just wear the tracksuit pants and a t-shirt. <laughs> Off you go. Do you know what I mean? Like, that sounds like you're giving in. But we've also. I've just said this to you about because of how flamboyant you are on stage and the outfits that you wear and you always look stunning. Maybe that's in, so when you know during the day you're like, oh, yeah, well I do all that. And comfort. I've got yeah. today. What do I have to do today? I was in rehearsal, so I was wearing tracksuit, um, and I knew I had to come here. If I if I do things, well, I think I'm going to be doing a lot of like bending over and standing up. And all that. <laughs> I just think I don't want to be in anything constrictive. No, of course, no, no, I'm no. going to have to be kind of like. <laughs> I'll be flowing. I just want to be able to kind of do that. <laughs> I've always been like that. I've always yeah. worn tracksuits and stuff. I've always been such a terrible dresser in the day. That's a Kent in you. I think it is again. It's in your veins. I think it is. Anyway, so then the hospital. Yes. That was like that's that the whole the whole hospital experience was about five weeks. Did it affect you like long term, like mentally, physically? No physical. No. At all. No. And it took me another seven years to go into um, AA. Right. So I kind of left off hospital. Had a three month um, convalescence. Then kind of hit the bottle. Boom. Oh, did you back on it? Oh, I was back on it like a yeah, like a nutter. Really. And then um, I started taking drugs again a few years after that. Shit, man. So it didn't put you off then. No, but no. never really sat well. Once you've been through something like that, it's yeah. kind of. Um, yeah, you you have a block. Yeah. And you know, it's like when you're taking drugs, you kind of need to be free and open. Yes. As soon as you get men- as soon as there's a block in there, yeah. you're heading for tension. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's why, like, that's yeah. why you know, it's like, I don't know, anyone over, any over, anyone in the, over like 20 who takes acid, I'm like... <laughs> the last time I took acid was a couple of years ago and it was it was fine when I was with everybody but as soon as everybody left I had the worst the worst day of my life it was awful because I, I was imagine. in because I wasn't in the right I wasn't in the right place I was I was well, in I think place. and also I think with acid I think you get the first few hours yeah and then you've got another 20 another 20 hours yeah another 20 hours to sit with that <laughs> Going round and round oh, and round. Even and round. the thought of it now, I can I can still remember being in the hotel room just fucked, thinking yeah. that my bed was a mouth and I was falling into it. And outside, I thought outside the hotel room was uh, was on fire and apocalyptic. I thought we'd fuck the hotel. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't leave. I had a gig booked. So I had to pull it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, don't do acid before fun. gig. No. Well, I don't even drink before a gig. I've started drinking again. Have you? Yeah. I thought you had, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was drinking at my party. That's right, yeah. It was a good party, that. It was a good party, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, so I'm kind of like so you, working so that you're, one out. How you, how, yeah, are you, how are you finding that? How I'm you... monitoring the situation. Yeah. It's not so much that I feel like I'm, I'm wanting to go for the bottle all the time. No. That's actually not what I'm finding. It's whether or not, how, what, how, what is, is that? Because when, but sobriety, there's four years of sobriety... And uh, AA was so kind of like structured and actually 
Um, I was so productive. I was, I was, I was, I became so kind of, I got, did so much so quickly. Mm. You know, you're suddenly like, oh my God, you can take on anything. Anything, yeah. nothing is too much. You can literally deal with absolutely yeah, yeah, anything yeah. that comes your way. As soon as alcohol comes into it, it kind of like takes that edge of your, yes. kind of like, you might miss a half a day. You yeah, might miss yeah, a day. Yeah. Like yesterday, we had, we had a start party on Monday. So yesterday was a wipeout. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, We'll we'll just keep an eye on this. I think as long as you keep it social, like if you're having it for breakfast. I don't think it's even, it's not so much that. It's not no. about, no, it's not even that. It's not even that because it was never not social for me. Right. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go home and drink on my own. It was no. never, it was always social. But, you know, social can be like a two day social, three day social. Mm. Um, so you know, it was very bingy and then kind of with the drugs and the come downs, then, you know, you're kind of like be drinking and partying for a, a two or three days and then you've got five days of getting over it yes. and then you start again. Yeah, so yeah, for, yeah. I don't know, 10, 15 years, that was, that was my entire kind of, that was my entire mental state during which I was doing everything else as well. During which I was still going to dance school, I was still working, I was still going yeah. to New York, I was still doing blah, 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 blah. Oh, so it's still, it's still kind of like high functioning yeah, yeah, and yeah. kind of performing and, you know, a certain level of success. But um, yes, when I got to my forty, when I when I reached late thirties, early forties, that's when it was ceasing to um, ceasing to be um, functioning. Oh, really? It became problematic. Yeah, really. really. And did you have any counselling or no? Like with AA? AA was good. Yeah, AA was good. I kind of I kind of eventually got myself into AA, which was necessary for me at the time. Really? And did yeah. you with the higher power and? I still believe in the high power. The high power is no problem whatsoever. Yeah. I can get my head around that quickly. I've just been watching Messiah. Have you seen that? No. no it's good. Do you know what? I think what's happening is as you get older, I mean, where, when you're younger, you're going, there's no God. There's no God. This is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. But I think maybe as you get older and then you start, because I'll be 50 in a couple of years like you, you start to go, oh, maybe there is something. Maybe I better... I think I think I think this notion of a high power was it was never I was never fussed it didn't bother me um, religious language does bother me I guess to a certain degree mm. because you know being gay and you you think you just think fuck religion do you know what yeah I mean? but the notion of a high power was never never yeah never a problem I've always kind of um, yeah I've always kind of certain things that people have said over the years have kind of resonated and I thought okay I can I you know I kind of get the idea that we don't control everything mm. and you know at the moment I've been kind of thinking of you know what with all the terrible kind of things in nature that have been going on around the world and you know this kind of just thinking is it is this are we causing this mm. or is this nature putting us back in our place. Oh, that's a good point. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Is it, you know, this this kind of like, again, it's this arrogance that we have. Yes. That we are, it's, we, we are, are yeah. responsible for this. We are the architects Whereas, of Whereas is it yeah. not the other way around of, you know, kind of like nature or the universe is like, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. We're going to, uh, we're with her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, we need to put you in your place. Somewhere. You know, is it, is it, is it nature, nature writing it? And the, and the, and the, and the fallout of that is that we'll land up destroying ourselves. Which is what we're doing. It's our Which ecosystem we're, yeah. we're destroying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know Absolutely. What I mean? Yeah. So that I kind of think of, think about kind of things a bit like that. So, um, yeah. So AA, and AA, is very, AA has a sort of structure, this 12-step program. And it was good to, I was, I was, I wanted to come out of it because I wanted to um, process things outside of that. Yeah. And I still kind of have those things. But yeah, I'm definitely kind of having to look at 
how I'm kind of doing at the moment. I've just cut down coffee because I think coffee became problematic yeah, for me. Yeah, really? Yeah, I was having like three cups a day, which isn't a huge amount. I can't, I can't have more than three because I start having second, suicidal. But yeah. the first, yeah, after one, one mm. in the morning's fine. Yeah. But over Christmas, throughout, throughout December, I was maybe drinking three or four coffees a day. I was so angry. I was so resentful. I was so negative. Mm. And there's one afternoon, I literally spent rolling around my bed just kind of like tearing my hair out. <laughs> and then the caffeine wore off and I was just like, Oh, I'm just in my really nice flat. What, 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 I thought, what was that about? I've done the same. And I thought yeah. that was the coffee. And so I've actually, I've, I haven't, I've only had one a day for the past since since, since New Year's Day. Where yeah. were we now? Five or six? There's only five or six days. It's, it's actually made a massive difference. Really? I'm much less angry. <laughs> yeah. It does make you short-tempered. I'm You're right. Much less you know? angry. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I've, I only in the, inwardly angry. Because you know, yes. I'm not being angry at anybody else. No. I'm just kind of on the tube, kind of like really having really violent conversations. Oh man, the amount of times I've done that and been, yeah. I'm resenting someone I've not even met on a really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's they, they talk a lot, a lot about that in AA. That's why AA mm. is interesting because you, they, they, they kind of do identify those kind of things mm. which you kind of don't really realise that you do, and then someone's like. Oh yeah, I'm having a conversation with someone I had ten years ago about something that didn't really happen, and I'm getting really <laughs> upset about it. You know, that's so winding yourself up. Yeah, that's so typical, and you know, it's kind of minimising that and living in this like, oh, I'm grateful for everything kind of world. Yeah, which you, I, which is you know, there's a lot to be said for that. <laughs> but you've had, I mean, what was it like when you like coming out? What was that like? It doesn't coming sound out, like you had a problem. I was fine. Yeah. I was, oh, yeah, I didn't have problems. Yeah, all that nah. kind of stuff. It wasn't particularly problematic. I didn't get in with my dad for quite a long time, from that the age of 13, maybe through till late teens, right. early 20s. was a bit of a... was rocky for quite a long time. You know, but then everything kind of got better after... after Actually, growing up as an adult, I was still being stroppy going home. But yeah, it was kind of like nothing extraordinarily bad happened when I was growing up. No. But it was the eighties. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, you got called put for fag or something at school a bit, and yeah. you made friends with the girls, and you kind of fell out, and you know, yeah. and you was like, oh, you're okay, and it's like then that was it was, and you kind of I did the school play and right, all that kind of stuff. So I was I was the theatrical one. Yeah, I was still in the school yeah. rugby team and all that kind of stuff as well. I kind of did all those kind of things. <laughs> all the manly stuff. I did all kind of those weird yeah. things, and yeah, I was kind of all I was, yeah, it was all it was kind of fine. Mm. I don't know. So the whole kind of drug and drink and all that kind of thing. I don't know where that came from. I think maybe this kind of thing. What I was saying about kind of being in the moment. Yes. I do think I've always kind of wanted to be in the moment. And getting older and post-hospital has kind of changed that. Mm. But I think I've always... Um, someone once said to me, said, they said, Johnny, you're so kind of like zeitgeist. You, you, it's like you really live in the moment. And that was, that was like the biggest compliment someone could say yeah, to me. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that was the best thing that anyone could have said was that I was living in the moment. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what um, alcohol and uh, drugs do for you. Yeah. And drugs especially do for you. Right. Because you are in, you are, when you're doing on drugs, you're in that, you're in the moment. You're counting the minutes of the moment. Of course you are. You're, yes. you're kind of seeing how long that moment's going to last. Yeah. <laughs> Even, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I've got about an hour left of this pill. That's it. <laughs> do another one quickly. That's it. I got into it late because I had kids young. So I kind of, I, I, I did drugs when I was a teenager and then I had kids. And so there was a couple of years where I was sensible dad. And and then when the mother of the, and I broke up, I kind of re- found partying and and then you know meeting people who were gay and then meeting going to find out that actually going to a gay club was far more exciting than going to a straight club where you'd just be stood there in your collar and tie yeah 
and everyone was like, oh, you got to pull, you got to pull, you got to pull. Whereas in a gay club, it was just like, you could just dance your head off and yeah. no one gave a fuck. Yeah. It wasn't, to me anyway, it just wasn't that pressure. Yeah. And I, that, and I just, and I just, so when, what, what years was that? So that would have been, that would have been mid 90s, mid to late 90s. And where was the, where were you? To, where were you? We went to the Swan. Was it the Swan, the White Swan? But where were you living? I was living, uh, I'd moved back to my parents in Orpington. Uh, yeah, I spent the nineties. See, 90s, like in yeah. the nineties, all the well, no, but there's. So you did. So you, so you, you hadn't got into. Hadn't got into you it. You hadn't got like, into the club. You hadn't no. got into the rave scene. No, 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 not really. Or those scenes. like in like in Birmingham. Yeah, in the north. Right. The clubs were, but it was everyone was going to everyone was taking ecstasy in the clubs. Yes, you well, that was when I was ecstasy, yeah when I was a kid. Was yeah. a wash with um, <laughs> you know the whole of kind of like that part of you know Birmingham when I was at college. It was like really. That, that city was just like drenched in ecstasy. <laughs> it was when I was a kid. So we had the sort of the late the late eighties when they had the Stone Roses and the Mondays and then dance music, and that's we were all doing acid and and shit. We were doing cannabis resin, you know, just all that shit. And ecstasy started to come along, and we got into it a bit. And then I had kids. I had kids in ninety two. Yeah. So I sort of missed out a lot so of you it. Had to behave. Yeah. And then Which I got is good. You say you should if you've got kids. Absolutely. And then I got back into it, late nineties, and then yeah, it just just I remember going to heaven for the first time, and meeting obviously cool is this giant black guy, and he came up and his heels and his hair was massive and I'd never he was an extraordinary looking person, and I just look and he just went hello my name's Cherry, Cherry yeah and I just went hello <laughs> just. I just stood there staring because I'd never seen anything so yeah. magnificent. And heaven, I loved going to heaven. Again, because I didn't feel any pressure. Yeah. I just had a, I could just have a good time. Well, heaven was good. Yeah. Heaven, was good. Heaven, still, heaven still is good. I was there on Monday, actually. Were you? Yeah. There's a guy, there's a comedian called Milo McCabe and he does a character and uh, and he's, he's such a lovely, he's a very handsome man. And the happiest I've seen him, I'd been for a drink with all the comedians one Christmas. And then we just went, where else can we go? What's open now? We're like, well, heaven's just around the corner. Why don't we all go to heaven? So we all went in. And I remember at one point I'm stood up high on like the, there's like a balcony bit or whatever yeah. it is. Like the, and I look down and Milo is in a vest and he's in the middle of the throng. And he's got his hands in the air and he's just, and I've never seen a happier looking dude. Oh, really? Yeah, it was great. It's a guy like, I enjoy it in there. Is it, yeah, there's a good club. Aren't there aren't you know clubs in London where they're suffering, really. Yeah, there I aren't many left. Yeah. All closing down, aren't they? The this ones. is the thing. People going about London, but it shuts at eleven. Really, it kind of shuts. But you yeah. know how you know how it is. If you're if you're if you're from London, if you're a Londoner, you can stay out all night. You can find a hole. Oh, you know, yeah. you will find. If you wanted to stay out all night long, if you wanted to party forty eight hours over the weekend, you would know. You would somewhere. find. A way to do it. You would know where those places were. Yeah, there are fewer places. I there are definitely fewer places. Yes, just well, just in Soho, everything in Soho closes early. Yeah, and Soho used to be the place. sex shop bars. Remember them underneath the bars, <laughs> underneath the sex shops, or above the sex shops. No, no do you remember no, them? No, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, you know all the well, a lot of them down Compton Street that have bars and really? bars up and below them. Ah, oh yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that. On, on Charing Cross Road, there was yeah. kind of a lot. Of, sort of, 
But yeah, top of Charing Cross Road, there was this weird place and you used to go and buy drugs through a little hatch in the window. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Trisha's is one of the last remaining... Trisha's? Kind of, I was in Trisha's just before Christmas. I think that's one of the last remaining late night bars. But yeah. Um, yeah, there used to be loads of places. Really kind of like sketchy places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I say you know you've been out too long when you end up in some dark, dingy basement. Well, exactly. But when then there was a 24-hour licensing. Do you remember when that came in? Yeah, but it never seemed to it didn't be... Didn't last for very long, did no. it? No. It never seemed to be anywhere. I think I think it didn't catch on. I think it did catch on, but I got. I think very quickly they realised that um, the British can't do that. <laughs> no, we are we are the we last. We get people. drunk more than everybody else in the whole world. Well, people have said. There's comedians have said you're the only country in the world that will drink on the way to going to drink. Like you'll drink on yeah, the train yeah. and on it's the true. bus. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Australians drink a lot. Yes. Americans don't. Well, no, I've been... Europeans, yeah. Europeans don't. No. Well, Irish yeah. probably do. Yeah, Irish, Irish, Australians and the British would have a good yeah. drinking match. Germans, maybe. Yeah, Germans, no, if you go yeah. to Germany, though, and you don't see people falling around like they do no. here. Not, to, not in the same way. My <laughs> God. The, you know, Australia was the only place. When I first went to Australia, and it was past... And, um, so after day after Mardi Gras, I mm. looked at the people crawling around the streets. I was like, oh, my God. This is this is they drink like the British. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after your big sleep, the big sleep, the that's big a nice sleep, place Johnny Wu's big, big sleep. Maybe that's what we call my show. Yeah. How did you, when you started to piece back together what had happened? Right. How are you feeling? How did you? How did, did I you, feel? Did you feel like ah oh, fuck? I've really fucked it. No, I was just um, kind of like I just kind of like tried to get back um, into everything as soon as possible. Yeah. I probably didn't give myself a long enough convalescence, but you know, when you're kind of, when everything, when you kind of, everything's kind of exciting and you just want to get back into it and, you know, try to revive the TV thing. And they were, they tried, we tried some things, but I think the moment had gone right. on that one, um, of that particular project anyway. Um, and, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of work, I was, I, I was more prolific. I was doing more stuff and, mm. Yeah, I, I, there, was a, there was quite a long period when I wasn't taking drugs, so that would have meant I was more able to kind of do stuff for quite mm. a long time. And it wasn't until about 2000, and so that was 2006. Oh, my God, it wasn't even that long, 2009, 2000, maybe in 2010. Oh, yeah. That's when drugs kind of crept back in again, so it was only like four years. Quite mm. a long day. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> just just hanging around waiting when for When I you. started dating a certain someone. Oh yeah. With a certain part with a certain club in his back garden. Oh. Mr. Colin Rothbart. Oh. I've not been is this the shed? The shed. I've not been to the shed. But I'm not gonna blame Colin for <laughs> such a spectacular fall from grace. I have heard about the shed and I have lost Jade to the shed. Yeah, you might have lost Jade yeah. to the shed. Um, no, I was actually kind of like, I did tons of stuff. Yeah, I did tons of stuff straight yeah. after coming out of the hospital. So you didn't Yeah, people used to say, like, oh my God, it was your big, best career move. Tons and tons and tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been, I've always been very prolific. If anything, at the moment, I've sort of, only just only briefly. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't actually slowed down at all. Last year, I bought a flat. I went on tour with uh, Gatto in nice little Oh yeah, schools. right. Yeah. Um, I had actually. So I was buying the flat, buying stuff for the flat, and touring. And then I just. I'm just at a bit of a point where I'm kind of thinking, 
um, I haven't kind of totally filled up this year with stuff. So I kind of, I've kind of feel like I've lost um, uh, ambitions, left the building, and um, I'm never going to work again. Even, oh, though, I, even though I'm busy all the way through till the end of March. So yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, yeah. So yeah. after hospital, yeah, I was kind of like I got straight back into straight it, and that's when it. the love box started happening. That was straight right, after that. Right. So yeah, ton, um, Glastonbury started happening. Yes. Glastonbury, we were doing the festivals. Um, I did two Edinburghs, two solo Edinburghs. Yeah, right. Oh, God, horrible. Yeah, right? yeah. Ugh. It's soul destroying Edinburgh. Oh my god! And a solo show on your own is just like oh, hell. And you feel like you're the only one that's struggling. It's awful. I couldn't bear it. And both <laughs> times I made the same mistakes, the same time, <laughs> exactly the same. Oh mistake. mate, like no, not no different. I had the same same experience. Twice. Shit in hell. Okay reviews yeah. and everything, but yeah. just flying and all that. Crap. No, I hate flying. I can't do it. I can't. It's People look at you like you've given them a handful of dog shit. It really does. It's awful. So when I went up with the first time, actually, well, Jay Aston was fun. That was kind of pre-hospital, actually. Jay Aston from Buck's Fizz? Yeah, when we did Night of a Thousand Jay Astons. Oh, 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 yes. I've seen, why have I seen that? Have you done it? We why did it I... in Edinburgh and we did it at Bistro Tech and we did it at Soho Theatre. We did it everywhere. Yeah. We did loads of, loads of performances of that. We tried to revive it like two years ago, which I think was... That must be where I saw it. I don't know if you did see it. I saw it. You might have seen us do it at the National, outside the National. I saw it because it was you, Sizzle. Who else is it? I can't remember it well, but we I only, remember... We did it... We, shall it? I tell you where we did it? We did it, We did a bit at Hoopla. Right. The first Hoopla. We did it at Hoi Polloi, and we did it outside the National. I must have seen it at Hoopla or something like that. You might have seen it at yeah. Hoopla. Hoopla was kind of like the, probably the most successful version of it. Yeah. The National was like really... It just rained... And the high polite is kind of like it just I was just like, yeah, this this show was definitely of its time. <laughs> that was definitely of that moment. And the film as well. That's that was when I first met Jade and she she sat me down and said, You have to watch this film. Dressed as a girl. Yes. I'd never I didn't because that John Sizzle told me what drag means. I didn't realise that. Yeah, dressed as a girl. That's a messy film, isn't it's it? It's a good film. Yeah, it's, it's a good film. It's a very particular and kind your, of film. It is a good film. Was it your film? Was it your idea? No, it was Collins. Right. That's how we met. Oh, really? And then you started dating after? Then we started dating during it. Right. Collins was filming it for about two years, two or three years. Okay. Maybe even longer. Right. Yeah, it's filming it over a long period of time. Yeah, yeah, it was a good film. I I mean, I say it's a particular film because I think it's, um, I think it's, I think you definitely get a snapshot of a bit of London life. I think it's going to, I think it's going to have its day later. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon so. I what I think what because Jade gets annoyed with like RuPaul's Drag Race because she's like this is bullshit because because she knows you guys and you guys have been in the drag scene or are the drag scene. Yeah, and you're and then this RuPaul comes along and all these people you've never heard of suddenly are being touted as oh they're the best they're the best they're the best. and that does that frustrate you? Um, or just think you yeah, like last year I was kind of a bit like, oh God, what is this? Yeah, it was like, I think it's like, it was, I, 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 I think I probably felt how musicians felt when the X Factor started. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I kind of thought, I got, oh, this is how many they must have felt, thinking, shit. Yeah. Something's come along that's just kind of completely obliterated all the work that we've done. And uh, Yeah. And kind of Drag Race definitely felt like that. I kind of like feel less about that now. Right. I kind of feel like I can either kind of engage with it if I want, you know, because I was considering kind of applying and I did start to apply, but then just didn't continue with the application. Um, just because I wasn't, I don't think I was really ready to do it. So I've kind of thought about it. Yeah. And then um, also I can choose not to 
engage with it. And there are lots of people who don't want to engage with it. Or yeah, you don't have to. Or people who still kind of can watch it and take it for what it is, mm. but then who still want, you know, something else. Because, you know, that kind of drag, you know, isn't radical. And the kind of performances that those kind of drag queens do isn't radical performance. No. No. You know, and to be radical and to be provocative and controversial and underground, you, that's not the that's not the platform. That's no. you don't fit into that. And so no. I, I'm kind of more drawn to that kind of side of drag and performance anyway. Yeah. So again, I kind of think it's back to this kind of like thing of me just I think I'm just at the period of thinking I need to just pull my finger out and do some fucking work. <laughs> but it sounds like that's, that's what you're doing. Do you ever have that time of those feet? I'm having it at the moment. Always continues. Maybe it's time of year. I think it's the time of year. I'm really struggling to get going. I'm having. I'm. Like, I'm blocking. Yeah, I can't lift the fog. There's a book called Your Best Year Yet. It's really worth doing. Really? Yeah, it takes three hours. All oh, right. Okay. By someone, and you just like a year plan. Yeah. And you go over the what well, last year. You go over kind of what worked, what didn't work, what's stopping you from going forwards, what your goals are for this year all your goals you break them down you find your main goal everything feeds into your main goal then you do a plan for the year and off you go that sounds perfect it's, it's really amazing good. Yeah, yeah. It, helps, it helps you helps you sort it out you know if it's kind of like you want to earn money if you want to be on tv if you want to um move to london whatever it is da, 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 and then you kind of everything feeds your main goal ah. yeah, that's how i bought my flat really yeah so, so not like a noel edmonds ask the universe no, it's practical. Thing, actually practical sit-down. It's sit a practical, yeah. practical sit-down. And actually, it's kind of... It's pretty standard. That kind of thing of, like, look at what we what did wrong, mm. how you could have made it better. What is standing in your way? Like, <laughs> I'm too old. I'm not good enough. I'm um, I'm not funny enough. I'm not clever enough. Da, da, da. Change all those around to be, you know, to be positive. Ah, thinking. that's really but interesting. I might do it. I might do it again, actually. Because I've got a thing. I need to write the book. I've got to start work on the show. Want to pay off a chunk of the mortgage? Um, there's another show, you know. So I've got actual yeah. practical things I want to do, and actually, it's good to like just plan that. Planning is really good, and now's yeah, the time to do you're it. Yeah, right. Because I think I've got good things happening. I've got good ideas that I want to do. Writing as your writing coming. All right. Yeah. But that well, do you know what? You it, don't have blocks around that. Ah, uh, well, at the moment I am. A bit of free writing's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, do the morning pages. That kind of thing. Just yeah. anything just to it's to loosen it's it. It's just discipline. It's just getting yes. time. You don't need long. No. You need like half an hour. You can write a lot in an hour. You can write a lot in half an hour. That's true. You can, you can get down a good 2,000 words in that amount of time. Really? So, so that's it, it, isn't it? At the end of the day, that's what I got to do. It's yeah. down to you, isn't it? But I know it's finding the time to do it. So I'm thinking, yeah, next. Yeah, and as I say already, up the end of March, I'm all busy up till then, which is good. That's brilliant. That's really good. Well, that's it. I've got loads on, but it's during the day. <laughs> during the day. It's like like producer Paul says, can you do this? And then I sit down to do it. And it uh, if I can't work it out straight away, my brain goes, well, you can't do that. And then I go, oh, and I get annoyed. Yeah. And then I don't do it. And then I go, I better tell Paul I can't do it. And then I don't tell him because I don't want him to go, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and I get caught in this little cycle and this this fog of shit and I yeah. should just get on with it. Yeah. Well, you're doing this. I know. This is working. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. So you're all right then? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good. Good. Yeah, I'm good. I just, I've, yeah. told, I've told you the kind of things I'm kind of dealing yeah, with. Yeah, and that's yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. Not drinking then, drinking again and kind of 
um, what gets in the way of ambition and kind of stuff like that and yeah. being 47 and thinking where is ambition when you're in your late 40s pushing 50 what, what is, where does ambition sit yeah I think that's society you know I mean? as well society says well, you're, you're getting old now and you're like yeah but I don't I've still got things to do I've still got things I want to do and Just even because... like, I kind of like I go between like and I think this kind of thing of like you know is, is this it I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way but sometimes you mean life yeah I'll yeah. be like oh this is life yeah, we keep aiming for other stuff and then forgetting that actually, we've actually this is it. Yeah, we're well, actually we're actually doing it. Yeah, I've said this before. There's no destination. It's just this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you keep improving and you or to make your life good or better for yourself at that point. And that's what you just keep doing. You just keep. You know, oh, actually, I was a bit of a cunt then. I don't want to. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Oh, I want to do this. And then all of a sudden, you're. It's the end. Yeah. There's no sort of. There's no prize. There's no prize. Yeah, at there's the no end. prize at the end. No, you're just you're just lucky that you're here, and you just make the best of it. It is about living in the moment. You you're see. absolutely it is right. About living in the moment. Yeah, it is about living in the moment and doing making the best of that. That is true. That is the process. Great. It is about the process. Yeah. If you can't enjoy the process, then there is nothing at the end of it. <laughs> is there? There is nothing. At there the is end. literally the process. Yeah. If you if you just want the applause, then you've kind of you fucked you've it. Fucked it up. <laughs> But that's true though, Johnny, and I, that's a fucking great way to finish. Yeah, I have to. Go, I have to remind myself of that. I forget. I forget. Yeah, a lot. Thank you, Johnny Wu. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. Your next episode is a podcast for people bursting into their 40s, 50s and beyond. Talking to people like Laura Dodsworth. One thing I didn't consider at all with manhood until I'm in my first shoot and I thought, what the fuck am I doing? I was on my knees in front of a man I don't know at all photographing his penis. I thought, oh, I'm going to be doing this a hundred times. And people like Sober Dave. When you give up drinking, you feel everything. You know, all your emotions come out because yeah. before you'd numb them before. So mm. all of a sudden it's like, what is this? What? Mm. Mm. How am I going to deal with this? Mm. You know, before it'd be, oh, I'd just get drunk and it'd go yeah. away. I'm Amy. I'm Louise. Join us for your next episode. Buy your favourite podcast app. Uh, thank you so much for coming down. Really appreciate it. Insane in the Membrane podcast. Insane in the Membrane is back for another live podcast recording on Sunday the 23rd of February. I found that through humour... People open up and we have a laugh, and I really appreciate you coming down and doing this. This is an intimate live show with comedian Rich Wilson and very special surprise guest in front of a small audience at the Pleasance Islington. In fact, you are so close to the comedians, you could probably lick them. Uh, we can have a laugh while we do it. I think that's what I'm trying to show with the podcast. Insane in the Membrane Live at the Pleasance, Sunday, Feb 23rd at 7.30pm. Just £5. Nearest to Caledonian Road, Piccadilly Line, dead easy, no excuses. You did great, Rich. Thanks, Bob. You Didn't did you great thank you click the link in the show description for this episode on your podcast app or go to pleasance.co.uk what do we do now I don't know I think that's it <laughs> thanks for coming thank you <laughs> yeah. thank you very much insane in the membrane ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.